good morning. Happy UDP. Oh, good morning. Happy UDP to you too. Today will be the best of unicorn dance parties. Oh, it shall be. Uh, shall we see what's mm. in our in our in our festive home cozies? Sure. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, check it out. I've got some skits. <gasps> oh, let, let me open this one up. Oh, I've got some things I've played. Oh, 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 things, things, things I've listened to. Oh, I've got some things I've watched. I've got a queer trans lady. Oh, let me, let me put my hand right down That's the bottom. Right down oh, the bottom oh, oh, oh there's one, there's one. Some silly voices. Oh, oh got another queer trans lady. Oh, that's, that makes, that makes two yeah. queer trans ladies. Okay, okay. Yeah. Truly, this will be the most queer and pleasant unicorn dance party special we've ever had. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cakedale. And I'm not Jane Aris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies do a bit of a talk about our weeks and such and have a silly catch up. It's UDP week. It's UDP week. It's the festive holiday. The, the, the festive time for us and for many of you, but not all of you, but for many of you. It's the time when we celebrate the spirit of winter getting kicked in the balls by the spirit of the forest. Indeed. The great unicorn. By the time you hear this, uh, at least in the UK, we will have started going back towards spring. We will have started getting slightly longer days again. Yep. We've crossed over the equinox. We have. I'm very thankful to be on the bit where it gets brighter because mm-hmm. I don't like these short days. No. I, I feel sleepy at like two in the afternoon because I'm like, oh, it, the, the sun's going down, it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. My, my brain is very tuned to what the sun's doing. What that sun do? Yeah. I want to feel awake all day. I need daylight. I need need some daylight. I need some sunshine. I need some outdoors. I need some warm, please. There's only so long that I can manage with daylight lamp. Yes. Like, enforced daylight will only get me so far. Mm -hmm. But until the the natural sunlight comes back, we do have things we've played that will, you know, keep us going through the long winter. We do. What have you been playing? Uh, I have been playing a bunch this week. Yeah. Um... I'll start with some of the bits that I've played before and just happened to have gone back to. Um, all of EA's catalogue of games got added to Xbox Game Pass this week. Yay. And I went, you know what? I keep trying Mass Effect Andromeda and not finishing it. Fuck it. I'm going to play Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, it, it It's a Mass Effect game. It takes place far, far away from the rest of the series so that your choices in the main trilogy don't have to have any impact on it whatsoever. In the Andromeda Galaxy. Exactly. You're off in the Andromeda Galaxy, 600 years separated by time. Let's just not worry about the, the original trilogy. Um, I have some problems with it. Namely that it tries, it wants to be like Voyager. Hey, we're off in the distant recesses of space meeting all sorts of new aliens and encountering all sorts of new problems. But also. But like, basically the only species you encounter are the ones that you brought with you from the original trilogy, which makes it very, it, it doesn't feel like you've gone halfway across the galaxy. It just changed the set. Yeah. So there's one new friendly species. Um, and then there is the enemy species that basically never talk and just try and shoot you because they're evil and that's what they do. They're ah, evil for evil's sake. You've got, the, you've got the evil sort of bug people and you've got the slightly cat-faced people with the big tubes on the side of their face who are the, the nice ones. Multifaceted. But, like, every other 
every other species they brought from the original Mass Effect trilogy has basically the same arc that they had in the original trilogy, which is a bit of a shame. But mechanically, it is the most fun of the Mass Effects to play in terms of moment-to-moment gameplay. It is a satisfying sort of action shooter RPG. Um, I think a lot of the individual quest design is, is very good. Um... Personally, the thing that, that like I have been very much enjoying about it is where the original Mass Effect is go do a mission, then leave, and like th- everything feels like here is... You've landed on a planet. Here is a series of corridors we've told you you can go down and you complete the mission and you never come back to this planet. Andromeda much more tries to make each of its planets an open world to sort of explore at your leisure and find quests as and when you will and pick what order you complete them and... The whole concept is you've arrived in the Andromeda galaxy and all of these planets that seemed very promising to land on 600 years later not doing so great. Just try and get these planets in a bit of a better state so you can wake some people up and start settling in a new home. Wake them up inside. They can't wake up because there's nowhere to put them and no food to feed them right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all right. What better to do in that sort of circumstance than destroy the hydroponics lab? Yeah, yeah. There was a whole side quest where some people were like, I want my mum to get woken up and she's not due to get woken up for a while. So I'll break hydroponics if you don't wake my mum up. Was quite a quest. Um... But yeah, I, I have been very much enjoying it from the perspective of that bit of my brain that likes to 100% things and clear things and methodically do things. It's, here's a big open world map. I'm just going to spend a while zigzagging across the map in a very methodical pattern, completing every single quest I find until the planet is 100% perfect, and then I move on. I will... This I think this is the reason I didn't get through it last time, is because... So much to do, so much to see. So much to do, so much to see. I was very much... It is not a game I can, I'm going to rush through playing that way. No. Um, and I've had to just accept, if I'm going to get through this, I'm going to have to just take breaks every now and then when it I'm like, oh, I'll play too much of it and then come back to it. But I'm having fun going around space, solving people's problems, um, scanning every single planet so that I get a little 100% on the galaxy, that I found all the minerals in the universe and... Mm. <laughs> Uh, it's been fun. Uh, what about you? What you been playing? Uh, we played some more Root. Yes, we did. We played with the Clockwork expansion. Yes, uh, which is basically automated uh, factions that you can play against, sort of AI yeah. factions. Yeah, it's um. So far, we played with the Electric Eerie and the Automated Alliance. Yeah, and you had a chance to play as the the normal Eerie. I played as the birds for the first the time. Uh, with their whole engine building mechanic. Yeah. Um, I think I did quite well for my first try. I think so. I I will say of the two factions, I think the cats are the more immediately easy of the two to pick up on What, what how you get to your win condition. Yes. Like, the cats, you can have a few turns where you're not playing optimally and still go, oh, okay, I've not lost too much time by that and you're all right. The birds, you kind of have to... Know what you're doing and do it right the first time. Yes. Um, Which is why it's one of those ones where I certainly felt like almost immediately after the first game, it's like, I want to do this again. I, I, I know what I need to yeah. improve on. Well, I think I did quite well. I only yeah. had one of my decrees collapse. Yeah. Um, and I was within a turn of, of winning. I think yeah. 
I think the issue was if I'd kept my first decree going for it for one extra turn, I probably would have had enough points to win. I deliberately did not let you keep that going. Yeah, that's that's the thing with the with the birds. You very much once you've got a good decree going that is earning you good points. Every single turn you can squeeze out of it before it collapses makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it is all right there for everyone to see. So yeah. If somebody's very concerned about your power levels, they can just go, I'm going to put myself in a place where you can't do one of the things. It doesn't matter which one, just one of them. And all of a sudden, I know that your decree is going to collapse next turn. Yeah, yeah. Like, I needed to be playing slightly more aggressively because I had really good recruiting power and I needed to, earlier on in the game, throw more of that at you. Because that's the problem was... I was recruiting really well, but I eventually ran out of tokens to recruit and I needed to throw myself into some fights to kill some of my own units so that I'd have them the next mm-hmm. turn to recruit. Yeah. Um but like I I feel like I'm I'm I very much am getting the the eerie. Yeah. The eerie feels like one that definitely needs a high staff turnover. <laughs> yeah. But I I I very much enjoyed them. I found them a lot less daunting than I imagined. Hmm. Um, they're definitely not as scary to pick up as as they right. seem. The cats can't build for shit. Like it just doesn't feel worth it. Like invest in getting things that will get you more cards. Yeah. Invest in things that will get you the highest number of points. You you, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like I was like I'm, I've got all these great cards. I could be building things, but but why? I could just rush to the end. Yeah, that's the thing with the cats, is that you've got your three things you can be building, which is the sawmills, which are great because they let you build more of your buildings, which is your point scoring thing. Mm-hmm. You've got the recruit, which is like, yeah, I'm just, let me make as many things with as few actions as possible so that I can overwhelm. Mm-hmm. But then like that third action, it's like, I could use my cards to, to, to build and get little points here and there. Or I could just keep my hand with a good variety of types so that any time my units are destroyed, I can just send them back to the base. Mm-hmm. It seems like a much better use of your yeah, cards. 100%. And, yeah, it, it's... Also, the quicker you can get all of your cats out yeah, and not have to worry about using the recruitment agencies anymore, yeah, like the, the better it is. Because it's like, oh, well, I can just spend my cards to keep them alive. Yeah. Which means I've saved myself an action every turn because I'm not recruiting yeah. now. I will say the thing that, like... When you were playing as the Woodland Alliance, who we'll get to in a second, mm. the uh, the sort of oh, we're just doing our own little thing, we're just being friendly over here. Um, well, they barely, they don't even start on the board. So. Yeah. So when you were playing as them, um, and I was playing as the cats, I think the one thing that I noticed was your whole win condition is using those cards to build those things to get those little points every now and then. Um, that seemed to be the biggest way I was yeah. making points. And yeah, when you were playing as them. And I was playing as the cats. I had this brief little thought of, is it worth me building those things so that you can't build them? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, other than than trying to cut you off, I don't really see a reason to do it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem to give you very many points to build the the crafting, or the, the workshops, or whatever they're called. And then it's just like, okay, well, I've got to make sure that I've got them spread across the map. But I would much rather be positioning myself to have more troops more quickly, making more wood to yeah. build more things so that I can spread out into new areas and build more stuff to get more victory points. The main reason I found myself building them is sometimes in the late game, let's say you get shut off from where your supply of wood is mm-hmm. because of a tactical, um, where someone's yeah. chosen to attack. 
It can be useful to build that as like, look, I've only got two wood available, I can't build that five-point uh, recruiting base that would get me really good points, but mm. I can build this 1.1 and look, a points point might as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was benefit to it, it's just, it's clearly the least useful of the three to go for. It seems to be. Like, strategically, it seems to make the least sense. Yeah. Um, to, to certainly, It's certainly not a priority. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would be necessarily different when you were playing with the Vagabond as well. Because obviously Chaos. the Vagabond will be offering to trade things for those things that you've purchased yeah. or, uh, or crafted. So there is that aspect. But um, yeah, I, I play the game with the Alliance. Uh, honestly, I spent a lot of that game not really understanding what to do with that. And mm. I think I'd completely missed one thing as well. Yeah. Um, that I should have been doing throughout the game. I think I would have done a lot better. Yeah. Um, but um, when we played with the uh, Automated Alliance, they, they seem to do all right. I I think the thing that I overlooked in with the birds, which in hindsight might have also been a way that I could have won that game, was um, uh, using th- that exact same thing. Using the cards in my hand to build stuff to get points. Because mm. I was within like three or four points of the top, like... I could. I had a lot of bases out. I could have yeah. gone. Okay, before my decree falls apart, build this, build this, build this, build this. Yeah. Done. I mean, the only thing with the uh, birds is you will only get a single point unless you are one of your particular leaders. Indeed, but they I don't like trading. Yeah, but I also only would have needed to build four things across the game to have won. Yeah, and I built nothing, so mm. I. You know, that's definitely a thing to keep in mind for future. Yeah, especially later later game when you've got more cards. Yes. In in, once you've got to that point where you're starting to draw two cards instead of one in a turn, mm-hmm. like that's definitely worth thinking about yeah. to just creep some extra points in. I definitely look forward to having another go of that. Yeah. I would like to see what I could, else I could do with the alliance. Yeah, that'd be fun, and it, it is fun being able to just chuck like an AI third player in there. Yeah, I have been continuing to have fun with Root. I like Root. Root is yeah. good. It's a real good game. What else have you played? Uh, I've continued playing Yakuza like a dragon. Um, I'm judging by chapter numbers. I'm at least two thirds of the way through, mm-hmm. and all all the the plot is is happening. Um, all all of the plot. Um, I've had a suspicion since the beginning of the game about a certain like. Oh, I think this character's motivations are maybe not what what I thought they might be. Um. My, my thing I'd been suspecting turned out to be the case, and I was very excited about that. I was like, oh, look at me. I, I understood where the foreshadowing Swift. was going. Um, I'm very excited to see what that means for the finale of the game's narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, getting new party members, which... I had my party of, like, my main party of four for long enough that I kind of was like, oh, I guess this is just the party. No, apparently there's there's more people. I'm enjoying having them around. Um, I. The more of this game I play, the more that the few little complaints I have just sort of stop being a thing. I will say, the more I've gone through this game, it hasn't introduced more like his more hungry, hungry homeless, and like it has large the the new enemies that have replaced those early game ones. Mm-hmm. I've largely gone. None of these are particularly offensive, which is. Nice and a weird relief, because that was my biggest concern, sticking with it. You know, if I'm going to talk about this game to people, I need to recommend it with those caveats of, Mm -hmm. like, there's a couple of places where it will... 
where the game will sort of undercut its own progressive message that it does in cutscenes with ha ha minority in a early enemy name, which sucks and is shitty. But yes. I mean, that aside, it is one of one of it's it's up there in the games I've had the most fun with this year. Like mm. it's right. I think it's this and Hades are very much the games that I will remember from this year. Yeah. Um. So yeah, go in with some caveats, but Yakuza Like a Dragon's a really good game and I can't wait to finish it. Hype, 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 hype indeed. What about you? What else have you been playing? I played some more um, Wolfenstein The New Order. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I keep finding scenes where it's like, like they'll, they'll be like, here is, a, here is an area, go in and do a normal fight. Yeah. Cool, that's fine. Here is an area, go and explore a bit. Cool. Oh, now you've just got to do this basically a QTE. There's this thing that will insta-kill you if you don't do what we want you to do immediately. What do you want me to do? Eh, not going to make that super clear. <laughs> okay. And then even when we do make it super clear, how you do it won't necessarily be any clearer. Like, um, there is a mission quite early on uh, where you are trying to break into a prison. Mm. And you slide down this tube into a room, one of these giant fucking dog things, not the normal sized dogs, the big bastard dogs, uh, comes charging at you. You've got to run, slide under a pipe, turn around, the the camera sends you around automatically, and puts in your view a shiny chain. This is shortly after you've got the thing that cuts chains and you've been told that you can use it to cut chains. And then, like, you, you... point your thing at the chain, and it's like, okay, well, I cut sideways, right? That's how that's always worked. No. To get through this particular bit of chain, you have to cut lengthways along the chain. Oh. In a way that's not been done anywhere. So I I died, like, 15 times. I had to go on YouTube and be like, how does this work? And apparently this is common enough that there are two videos specifically for that one minute and 20 second scene. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just get that with games. Um... I had a bug happen in Mass Effect Andromeda this week that also happened the last time I played it. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I looked up a YouTube tutorial on how to fix it, I was like, oh, I remember now I did have this problem before <laughs> where I'm supposed to go scan a creature and I get to the location where the creature's meant to be and it's just not there. Right. You just have to save, quit the game, restart the game and it spawns. Right. So I was just walking around in circles. It's like, scan the invisible creature that is here. It's and I was right. like... It's not here. Am I just not scanning in the correct location? It is invisible. Maybe I haven't seen it. Is it above me, below me? Yeah, it's a bad problem when an invisible monster doesn't spawn in. Mm. It's very tough to tell that it didn't happen. Yes. So, yeah, sometimes games just have like, oh, that one bit that's broken that never got fixed. Yeah, yeah. Or that one bit that just doesn't make sense and people need to be like, okay, here's how you do that bit. Yeah, like I'm enjoying some of the minute-to-minute killing Nazis. But I mean, like, it's it's fun to minute to minute kill Nazis. It is, especially now I have an automatic shotgun. But like, and and the games opened up a bit from like where I first started. Obviously, we had quite a lot of plot dump with what happens with BJ at the beginning, yeah. and we're just starting to move beyond that now. That creepy scene on the train. Hmm. Hmm. Those are two very creepy people. <laughs> I mean, they're Nazis, so yes, but also extra creepy they're, even for Nazis. They're, they're extra creepy even by Nazi standards. Yeah. 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 Um. It's alright. Yeah. It's alright. The weird thing is, I'd heard the second one is more full of those like difficulty spikes. 
mm. for no good reason, so I'm not super keen to play the rest of the bits. I mean, uh, it's so far. The modern Wolfenstein games, every one of them I play on the easiest difficulty and just use it as an excuse to murder Nazis and yeah. try and minimise the difficulty as much as I can because I want it to be a power fantasy. Yeah, I mean, minute to minute I've been sort of going, well, you know, I might jack up the, the difficulty a little bit just so the actual fighting is yeah. a bit more gritty and fun and yeah. like, I feel like there is some actual peril. But, like, then there's just these weird things of, oh, he's basically a QTA. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, um... It's 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 not as fluid as Doom. No, and I I think that's like what I was looking for from Bethesda. You you were looking for Doom, but with Nazis. Doom with Nazis, like I like Wolfenstein was. Yeah, I I want to go around and I want to kill things. I want to find a few secrets, maybe. You you want to play Doom, but instead of the 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 Hell Demon, it's it's it's, it's robot Hitler. Hitler yeah. yeah. I'm ready to kill Mecha Hitler. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, I played a little bit of a bunch of different indie games. Yes. Um, one of which I know we've both played, and I think you talked about a little bit last week, mayhaps. Was that or... Greenstone? Greenstone. Yeah. So. Uh, I can't remember. I think you talked about it last week. Don't remember. No. Grindstone, if we didn't talk about it last <laughs> week, is um, a puzzle game where it's basically match up the things of the matching colours in a big row and get as many matching ones as you can in a row, and that is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get over ten, you get a grindstone. And then if you chain through that grindstone, you can change the colour of the yeah. things you're attacking. So yeah, exactly. You're trying to get chains of at least 10 so that you can create these gems that will then let you get even bigger chains because it's like, well, I couldn't. Uh, this is as big a chain as I can get, but I then get the grindstone. Now I can do a different colour and it keeps the chain going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all done with this sort of very Cartoon Network art style. It's very... It's, it's very Adventure Time. It's got a bit of Adventure Time to it. It's got a bit of OKKO OK to it. Um, you are... Angry murder dad trying to make make money so that he can take the family on holiday seems to Is be that the plot. That seems okay. to be the plot. He wanted to take his family somewhere nice and not the shack in the middle of a icy mountain where they live. So he's trying to get gems to take them on holiday uh-huh. by doing big murder. I did not get that from that intro. I maybe I misunderstood, but that's what I got from it. It just seemed like he'd got up in the middle of the night and was like, "Right, I'm off to kill some things." There was a, there was a, there was a poster that was like, "Ah, oh, go enjoy a lovely place," and he was like, "Ah, oh, I wish I could do that," and oh, okay. goes off to go do murder. Gotcha. Um, it it reminded me of a, a lot of um Sushi Strikers, uh, which was a game that came out on the 3DS and the Switch a few years ago. Same sort of concept. Um, I don't like this as much as I did Sushi Strikers. Um, and I think I think the reasons you've been liking it less as you've progressed are the same as the reasons I've been liking it less, which is the way it increases difficulty isn't always fun. No. Um, the game... Okay, so again, all you're trying to do is you're trying to build up these chains of attack as many monsters of the same colour in a grid as you can, um... Kill enough of them, the door opens to exit the level. There's some bonus objectives you can try and get. Mm-hmm. But the way they increase the difficulty is they start putting in um, unbreakable blocks that mean that you can't move in certain directions. or Blocks that require such high chains that it is almost impossible, especially if there's a lot of them and unbreakable blocks. Yeah. Um, and they'll start loading in... Uh, d- the starting arrangement of creatures will have... 
fewer connected chains from where you start, which makes it more difficult to get that first 10 to get the ball rolling. It's... I don't nec- I don't really like the 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 method by which it tries to make itself more difficult, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I really like the core gameplay at the start of the game. I like yeah. the idea. I just don't like when it's like, okay, well, we're gonna drop you in a level where you can only really get a maximum chain of like two at the start, and you have to spend a lot of time not doing the cool thing until the cool thing can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like a lot of its mechanics. I like the whole mechanic of. Enemies can attack you back, so you have to not end your movement on a space where enemies will attack, and the longer you stay in a particular level, the more of those will spawn in and the fewer safe spots there are to land. I like that in concept. I just... I'm enjoying it less the more I get through it, and I'm pretty early in it still. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm slightly further ahead than you are. I've just got to the second boss. Yeah, I'm, I'm like... A third of the way through the... like I've gotten past the first boss and I'm about a third of the way through the next okay. world. You've you, you played a bit more then? Yeah, I've played a bit more. I'm catching up a bit. Yeah, I think it didn't help that it felt like in, in the... Especially in the first world and the beginning of the second world that you very much could get everything on a level. Mm. Like, you might have to try it a second time to make sure you got like one particular item. But it yeah. felt like you could clear a level eventually. Yes. And later on, because of those like things that require a 12 chain to attack them, or the things that will keep spawning other enemies, meaning yeah. that you've got a, a, like a line break, mm. and then that those things require a certain amount of uh, chain before you get to them, so it's like you've got to work up to getting them, then you've got to get out of them, and then it's like, oh, well, now I can't do the thing that would have got rid of the thing that keeps spawning them. So I can't really progress with this level, or I'll yeah. have to come in, get one thing, come in again, get another thing, yeah. come in a third time, get the third it's... thing. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. I stopped enjoying the game as much when I couldn't... When I started to feel like I have to just go for the exit, um, I'm going to have to do this multiple times to get the extra objectives. Well, the weird thing is the difficulty like seems to have waves to it. Yeah. There are definitely levels where it's like, there is just too much shit on here. I cannot 100% this. Yes. Um, like, there there are areas I can't get to because of the way they've been laid out. Like, there's a, a little nook, uh, like a little dead end you have to get up to. But yeah. You have to get to the end of that dead end with a 12 chain. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I can't guarantee that the two things that are going to fall into that hole are going to be matching. Yeah. And if they're not matching, I can't complete the chain. Yeah, it's... Going back to that comparison to Sushi Strikers, I think the reason why that was maybe a better execution of that same idea is that the way it increased its difficulty was primarily through um, you had the things that you were trying to chain of the same colour would sometimes move on conveyor belts. Mm -hmm. And that gave you the ability to be like, look, um, there's going to be a moment where those two colours will match and I can get out of this situation and keep my chain going, mm. but I have to spot the opportunity coming, get into position, you know, move on to that colour and then back down to the other line and then keep going. Mm. It was... It's more of a skill shot. Yeah, they, yeah, it's spot the skill shot opportunity coming and yeah. use that to get you out of a tricky spot. It gave you more flexibility and that sort of feeling of look, if I just hold on for a second, I might be able to squeeze one more point out of this chain. Mm. And 
Like, I 100%ed that game, I am not going to 100% this, which is weird because they're basically the same game. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I think in Sushi Strikers, you the items you could use in that felt a lot more useful. Yeah, the yeah. The ones in this very much feel like, oh, okay, well, you've got a sword that, that slashes all the things around you. Okay, that's not necessarily going to be super useful. Yeah, it's it's the difference between you've got an arrow that will get rid of a single enemy and replace it versus here is an item that for like three seconds will make everything the same colour just fucking move for a second. Yeah. Uh, give yourself a second to, to do the cool shit. Yeah, and and like the, there's, uh, there's a couple that are really useful. Like there's the one that um, you can teleport to anywhere on the mm. board twice. But then you have to go back to town and refill that. Yeah. Most of the other things respawn between levels, and I'm sure, like, there's a whole... Yeah, but we don't want you just relying on those things. But, yeah, but some of these levels have difficulty spikes where if I don't do that, I cannot get anywhere near where I need to even start moving to. Yeah. And, like, especially on those later levels, if you're doing the thing where, okay, I'm just going to set myself up, I'm just going to do, like, a a three chain here, and then, like, um, maybe a four or five chain of a different colour... Which will have mean I've now set myself up for at least ten of one specific colour in my third round. But you don't know that the enemies around you aren't starting to get more and more angry. Meaning yeah. that they're going to attack you if you finish next to them. <sighs> Which on it's... later level could mean anything from, oh, it's just one thing that will do an attack if you're um, orthogonally uh, connected to it, adjacent to it. To something that can attack all the, all the points around it in eight directions, to this thing just sweeps across the map, steals all the treasure, and then goes to a different place. And if you happen to be in the way of it, you're going to get hit. It's like, yeah. this is very boring. And the thing is, I wanted to like this game. During the so, early levels, where it was fairly easy to get a chain going, hmm? the, the thing that makes it work is that it's really satisfying to get a good long chain going and to watch your character, like, the hit stop... That like as you sort of reach each um each turning point in a chain, it's really satisfying. Yeah. It has a good uh, rumble and sound effect and visual effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sort of speeds up as he goes along the the chain. Yeah, and then and, sometimes it will do that really yeah. big uh, yeah. wind up. It it feels like you've done something really powerful and really impressive, and it feels really rewarding. And it's really annoying to go from like oh, I feel really fucking cool, to a few levels later, like, oh, I can't get more than a two-chain, and I feel I, I just suck now. It's, yeah, there's, the, there's, there's the, like, the complete lack of, of any kind of fantasy, difficulty getting a chain going, and it just really just stops feeling fun. Yeah. Which is a shame, because there's, there's clearly a lot of love's gone into it, yeah. but it just... I I like I sometimes like games of this genre. This one just didn't do it for me. Maybe if the player board was bigger... Then you could have like more things on it. Yeah. But it, it just feels like with the limited size that you've got, that it's not enough when you start filling it up with yeah. other shit. So Grindstone, uh, have you yeah. played any other indies? I have. Um, I played a little bit of Dicey Dungeons. Ooh, how dicey are those dungeons? Pretty damn dicey. Yeah. Um, so it is. It's not necessarily a roguelike in that you pick predetermined characters to start with. Mm. Um. And you don't really carry progression between runs, but it is a run-based game where uh, your runs are randomised as to where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. But it's basically, you play as a little dice with arms and legs, uh, there's different archetypes of them you unlock that have different starting abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, 
basically you build up a move set that all revolves around rolling dice and slotting those numbers into some of your attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, every, as I said, every character has different things that their move set is based around. So, like for example. Uh, the Thief, which is one of the early classes, um, all of its attacks are about doing lots and lots and lots of repeated small damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so once per turn in battle, you can take a dice you've rolled and split it into two smaller dice, making up that number. So you split a five up, it might now be a three and a two. Mm-hmm. And you've got some attacks as the Thief that are like, the biggest number you can use in this slot is a three. Right. So it's like, okay, well that five's too big, I'll split that in half, I'll use the three and the two over, over there because they're small enough now. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your sort of main character who gets a lot of like re-rolls and that's their thing is every turn they can re-roll their dice up to three times. Mm -hmm. You've got lots of your attacks will have differing requirements of what you can put in that slot. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you go through the run, you'll unlock a lot of stuff that you can use to customize that loadout to how it works for you. Lots of ability to modify your dice results. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of X number of times per turn bump your dice result up by one, or um, th- things of that nature. Mm. Um, one thing that I really like about it is that unlike a lot of uh, roguelike run-based kind of games, you know in something like The Binding of Isaac, if you find a new weapon and you're like, that seems really cool, you pick it up, you have to leave your old thing behind? Mm-hmm. This doesn't do that. You have a certain amount of um, moves that you can have equipped at any one time, mm-hmm. And any that you've picked up but don't want to have equipped right now, they go in your backpack, you can equip them later. Oh. Um, anytime you are not actively in a fight, you can go through and just reshuffle what your moveset is like. Oh. Which is really nice, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It it made exploration feel a lot more worth it, because it's like, okay, I can try something out, and if it's not working, I can swap it around. Or, mm-hmm. I'll take this, because it might be useful later. Yeah. Um, there's there's upgrades as you go through the runs as well that'll be like, oh, that shield attack that you can only put a maximum of a four in there. Upgrade your shield, now you can put a bigger max number in there, or you can tweak what numbers it'll allow. Um, it's a really fun little game. Um, it feels like the good dice-based games that, like... You know something like Stuffed, where you have a lot of uh, ability to change the results of your yeah. dice and it's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like you are at the whims of what you've rolled. Yeah. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. It 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 gave me a suitable amount of control over how to play around with my dice that I never felt hamstrung too much by my results. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so it's just a fun little it's a fun little game. It's got a lot of heart. The concept is that people have tried to sell their soul to win fabulous prizes. And it's like, well, you're just going to have to keep trying to fight your way out of out of here until you win your fabulous prize. You're stuck dying over and over again. Mm-hmm. But as a game show, yeah, this was fun. What about you? You played anything else? Yes. I've been playing some Glitch Angels. Quite a lot of Glitch Angels. Tell me about Glitch Angels. Um, so this is a new one from Puppy Games. Uh, do you remember Robotron? Like your, yeah, your twin yeah. stick shooters. Yeah, it's it's very much a go around the level, uh, clear out all the monsters, progress to the next level, mm. kill enough things you might unlock a new glitch, and that mm. could be anything from a double shot, triple shot, um, that more chance of getting cool treasure out of uh, blowing up crates, things like that, and it's 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 got this really cool rewind mechanic. So when you die, you have a chance to rewind, 
And when you've completely run out of rewind power, that's the end of the game for you. Yeah. So it's nice for someone like me who is bad at twin stick shooters and any kind of bullet hell, because there yeah. there is quite a lot of bullet hell in this too as well. It feels like I can genuinely make some progress. Yeah. Because rather than going, oh, you died back to the start of the level for you, you can go, oh, okay, you're still in the situation. Yeah. Learn from him. Yes. It's... I, I always appreciate the ability to rewind just a little bit and try the thing again. Um, I think I said this to you while I was uh, playing it a few weeks back, but it's why I really like Forza Horizon 4. Yes. I really like that, hey, don't feel like you need to restart this whole thing because you fucked up one turn. Just rewind. You still have to make that turn. Just do it better. Mm. Learn from it. Yeah, I, and I really like that mechanic about it. I think the, the, the artwork's beautiful. It's got a weird sort of CRT bend to it and scan lines. Oh, nice. Um, really nice bright neon colours. It's very mm. pretty. I'm not sure if it's great for anyone with photosensitive issues. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great fun little game now available on Steam. Yeah. I had lots of fun with that. It's one of those, like, just one more round. Just, just yeah, I feel yeah. Like, I feel like I could do more, get a higher score, and mm-hmm. just uh, unlock another glitch. And... Uh, <laughs> Will I eventually unlock more people? Because you can change angels. And each of the angels has different powers. So one of them might have like a dodge. One of them has like an area of effect thing. Yeah. So So I'm going to play some more of that. Nice. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with a game called Calico. Disco Raven, Disco Raven. Yeah, I will get to the Disco Raven. Disco Raven. So this is an indie game I've had my eyes on for a while. I think at the start of the year it was on my most anticipated indie games of the year list. And the general concept is you are a sort of magical girl, like one of them Sailor Moon types, trying to open a cat cafe on a little island. And... I'm just going to say this. I've been playing the Switch port. The game is... um, Broken. It's broken. It is broken in a lot of ways. There is... um, There are problems with the frame rate, and there are problems with um, character movement, and there are things that will glitch out and break, and there there are things about it that fundamentally just feel unfinished. Rubber band cat. Rubber band cat. Yeah, I'll get to the... Don't worry, I'll get to the rubber band cat. So, um... The idea of the game is you go make friends with all the residents, you do little quests for them, you open up the island, you You make friends with all the cats. Uh, What I've not been playing the main game. I have been playing (laughs) Steal All the Cats. Right. Um, So you're dropped onto this island, and very much there are just wild cats roaming around the island, and you can go find them. That's like Greece. Yeah, some of them already have names, and you just pick them up and you go, you're coming with me now, you're my friend, and... You make them follow you, and you have a little band of, like, five animals following mm. you at any one Cat time. Gang. Yeah, you just roam, roam around town with this little, like, tiny kitten gang running after you. Yeah. It's adorable. Um, so, yeah. Um, mm, uh. <laughs> just right. no raven. I, just I'm, I'm going to start with the rubber band, Cat. So, <laughs> okay. um, there's a lot of things about this game that are broken, but in ways that are genuinely really endearing and kind of sweet. And like, funny. Yeah, and funny. Like, I... I this game is charming and like it I don't I don't begrudge it it's it, it it's indie jank. Um if if let's okay, there was an example where I was holding a cat and I turned around too fast next to a, <laughs> a chair. And the cat got stuck on the chair but I kept rotating. So the cat was floating in 3D space and I was turned and somewhere else. 
and I shuffled myself around a bit and eventually the cat dislodges from the chair just fucking rubber bands around me and twangs around the room and eventually back into my hands. Um, We'll talk about the disco raven. It's not just cats you can befriend. I befriended a raven and... Okay, so at any time in this game, you can get out a little cat toy. And it's like a, the one I had was just like a stick with a string and a feather on the end. Mm-hmm. And all the cats will like lie on their back and, you know, try and bat at it. Um, if you befriend a raven, which is the thing you can do, you can just befriend a raven and have them follow you around in the Set cat. Out God's in, dreams fulfilled. Exactly. In, in, in the cat squad, you've got the cat squad plus a raven. Nice. Uh, if you get the cat toy out, the raven will try and play with the cat toy the same way the cats do. And Using it's, cat physics. It's clear that the game developers did not develop specific physics for how the <laughs> raven would play with this toy. The raven break dances in circles on its back. <laughs> While its wings just clip left and right. Oh yeah, it, it should not be doing this, but it's amazing. I love it. It's it's my favourite thing. It just, every now and then it's like, hey, disco raven. Um... Oh, God. Okay, so at all times, let's say you pick up a cat. At all times, you have this button that just says twist. It, it's something like twist or twirl. Roll, roll, and, rotate your cat. Uh, you know how when you turn a steering wheel with two hands, you sort of rotate, you know, both hands yes. um, in sync with each other? Yes. What if you did that and then just kept twisting? And you rotated a cat without ever taking your hands off the cat? You're pair of hands just keep rotating, clipping through each other. Um, sort of clipping through your body. You can sort of twirl them above your head. I don't know why this exists. Why you would need to infinitely twirl a cat in all directions at various sides of yourself sometimes. It's like doing poi with a cat. <laughs> it's it's the poi hand movements, but with a cat. But it's sometimes the cat clips cat. through you. <laughs> I don't know why that function exists, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I met a cat called Pudgems who had very short <laughs> legs and a very chubby face and Pudgems is my new best friend. Nice. Um, the quests are broken in the best kind of ways. Um, so there was a whole quest line where some shop owner was like, oh, hey, um, I, I, I can't remember this character's name, but uh, basically, hey, this person who's been working in my shop, I don't know what's wrong, but they've been doing really poorly recently with their work. Their work quality's gone really downhill. But, like, I don't want to say this in front of them, but can you just find out what's going on with them? The whole time during this conversation, the person who's being talked about is literally touching the NPC I'm talking to. They are, like, walking into them and, like, trying to walk through them. And obviously, because the conversation's happening, they can't go the way they were planning to. So... I talk to an NPC who's literally millimetres away and then go back to the first NPC and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you tracked her down and, and uh, tracked them down and, and talked to them about this. It, it, I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, unintentional broken shit like this. I'm not having fun with the game but the way that the game intends for me to have fun with it. It's your toy. You play with it however you want. Exactly. I am having a really good time just rolling around town with my raven and pudgems and the cat gang looking for new cats to be like, you live with me now. Off we go. Um... Also, inexplicably, when you're in the cat cafe, if you want to make food, you get shrunk down to, like, a tiny size. A little whole... What's that show? Big Cook, Little Cook was a show, apparently, with this premise about a tiny, tiny chef. Um, Yeah, you just become a tiny, miniaturised chef and have to try and make the food by throwing, like, 
oh, this cupcake needs flour. Throw the whole bag of flour in the bowl. That's how that works. Uh, if you, I tried to throw the butter and it missed the bowl and I had to run after it because the butter moved very fast and I was very tiny. Whoa. The hob in my cafe has heart-shaped hob rings. Whoa. I don't know how that works scientifically, but I love it. Well, at this... least the cats don't try and eat you when you're mouse size. Uh, so... I don't know if I can recommend this game as a thing <laughs> that people should buy. I have had a great time with it. I have had recommend a recommend Goat Simulator all the time. I've had a wonderful time with it, and I continue to have a wonderful time with it. I want to stream more of it. Mm. If you're the person who stream, the kind of person who is like, I want a silly but adorable thing to stream for a bit, you could do far worse than a few hours with Calico. Yeah. It's a very wholesome and silly time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what about you? You played anything else? Uh, we played some more Queen Domino. We did play some more Queen Domino. Once again, you monopolised the Queen. I did. I, I, the Queen was mine. I, I, I made a risky move at one point. I spent like a bunch of my money to get a bunch of castles when they were really expensive, just yep. to and it worked. Just to secure the queen. queen. Yeah, I kept the Queen, and one day I'll get a go on the Queen. I'm sorry. I'm just. It's. I saw an opportunity and I went for it. <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy Queen Domino. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, still easy to fuck up if you're not paying attention. Oh, yes. Yeah, we you're trying to fuck that up. Yeah, both of us failed to put two dominoes down at the end of our 7x7 seven seven grid. Yep. Um, I, I like that it is, li- I, I like that it is literally just put down things that match each other and try and get points. Yep. I like the, the way that we, mm, the tiles that you choose to purchase in one round determine your order that you get to pick in the next round. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun, silly, like low brain game. Yeah, that was great fun. Yeah. yeah, I very much enjoy it. It's um nice short one. Doesn't require too much thinking, which uh, recently has been quite handy for me. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I've I've been a bear of very little brain. Mm, same. What else have you played? I think that's it for me. Yeah. 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 Well then, time for this. Okay, dear. We've got everything we need to get set up for the unicorn dance party. Oh yes, yes. I've got the. I I worked out how to get the the Skype working, so I can see. I can see you now. That's yes, a good yes, start. Yes. I've, I've 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 got I've got the light set up. Yes, I've got yes. all my disco what lights. Disco? I've had someone. I I I had uh, jives get up on on the ladder and uh, put some more on the roof on the oh, ceiling. Oh yes, there. Uh, my my ceiling currently looks like an underwater escapade is going on on the ceiling. Oh, marvelous! Oh yes, I really like the rippling effect. That's very yes. clever. Very clever. I, I've I set up the speakers. I've got yes, so yes. many subwoofers you wouldn't believe. Oh, just like small puppers. Oh, the, the, the big, the big uh, speaker boxes. Oh, those ones. I've, I've, uh, I've had someone building me an old-style sound system in, in yeah. the garden. It's uh, yes, all hand-crafted. Uh, all, all of the speaker boxes. All. I've got a huge rig. It's incredible. See, incredible. I'm in the opposite direction. I, I looked in. I, I went on the internet and found a company that will post you. Essentially, what a teenager would put in the back of a van. Right, right. Just, yes. just big speakers. Some big eighteen-inch. Exactly. Don't touch the back. You'll probably electrocute yourself. But they'll make yes, a real yes. good. They'll shake the house. Yes, I, I had some of those in the old Bentley, and we used to blow the back window out on the reg. Exactly, exactly. 
Uh, I've got the fog machine set up. Oh, I've managed to get some a nice sherry frog, Ashley. <gasps> a sherry frog. It smells of sherry when it's pumping out the fog. Oh, wonderful. Yes. I've set up. I got the old chocolate fountain. I thought, oh, you know lovely. what would go better in here than chocolate? Oh, yes. The sherry. Oh, the sherry and fountain. And a sherry fountain. Oh, lovely. I'm just going you just stick a, your head in it. Yes, it's a, it's a little warm by the nature of chocolate fountain, but if you don't mind your sherry a bit on the warm side. Well, sherry's usually a sort of room temperature. Exactly. There's a little more on the, the, the slightly slightly hot end, but it's fine. It's mulled. It's mulled oh, sherry. Mulled sherry, lovely. Well, very seasonal. Very seasonal. Exactly. I, I sprinkled some cinnamon in it. It was great. Oh, lovely. lovely. I mean, as long as you're not sticking clothes in there or anything. I'm, oh, nothing. I'm going to buy the things. Work. Yeah, I'm not going to gum the works up. No, no, don't want to gum the works up at all. I mean, oh, clothes. Oh, goodness. Don't see the appeal, honestly. Exactly. Right. Well, I am ready to wiggle the night away, dear. Indeed, indeed. I've just made this marzipan toot, so I'm ready for the evening. Oh, wonderful. Lovely. Yes, let's party. Unst, 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 yes. Boots and cats and boots and cats. Boots and cats. Throwing some shapes in the house of dance. What, what? Yeah, yeah, it bar. Yeah, yeah. But you, uh, have you noticed something? Yeah, milk. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of cheese in here. Yeah, I've noticed. You know, it's not, you like know. Usually, block of cheese. Yeah, maybe a sharing platter of cheese. If, yeah. You know, if you, that's, that's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. It does seem to have been amassing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit concerned. It's not being eaten, it's just... Yeah, like, like and every time someone comes in and almost grabs a bit, someone slaps their hand and they're like, no, not yet. Oh, yeah, What's it, what are they waiting for? What are, they, are they building some kind of cheese army? Well, see, that was my assumption. That's why it's not yet, not yet. We haven't yet amassed enough troops for the dairy wars. They're, they're, wait, does that mean we're going to be conscripted as well? That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned it's going to be us versus the cheese. Us versus... What? But, I mean, we're outnumbered at this point. I'm, I'm only a pint. I know, right? I'm just I'm just a little stick of butter. Just a little stick left. A yeah. tiny knob. Exactly. That's a whole eight pack of cheeses. That's eight eight packs of packs of cheeses. That's eight packs of packs of cheeses. That's multiple platters. Look at him. Look at him. A, a whole army of vegan camemberts. Oh goodness, that one's got garlic in it. Oh. We can't even conscribe the vampires to help us in this one. Right. Yeah. I mean, usually they're very willing to stick up for us. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm very concerned that uh, you know it all seems to be building up to today. Have you noticed? Yeah, it's yeah. Getting it's getting very cramped in here. It is getting very cramped in here. Oh, 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 doors open, doors open. The light! <gasps> oh, it's hot. They're, they're all gone. They're all gone. At once. At once. There's, there's only one human in the house that likes cheese. Are they yeah. going to eat all that cheese at once? That's a lot of cheese. Unless they're commanding that cheese to some kind of nefarious deed. Well, as long as it's not the dairy wars, it's all good by me. Well, I hope not. Yeah, you know. Maybe if it was just a cheese war. Oh no, I'm now just picturing a gladiator setup. There's cheese on both sides. Da, 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 <laughs> well then, what have you put into your eyed meats? Uh, we've both finished watching Battlestar we Galactica. Did. We did, and thank you to whoever created that watching order. It was definitely better than the last time I watched it. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching, what's it called, The Plan? Um... Like, during season four, not at the end of season four. Yeah, so it was, um, I think we watched episodes one to uh, to 11. 11. Then we watched some other, like, web series or something. Yes. Then we watched, uh, what was it, uh, 12 to 16? Something like that. 
and then we watched the plan, and then we watched the finale, or, or like the last few episodes. Yeah, I I will say this. Um, I thought largely Battlestar Galactica had a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all of the stuff to do with like the action set piece um element of the finale was really superb. Yeah. I think they tied stuff they'd been foreshadowing for a long time together really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, Got some answers about what was going on with Gaius and uh, Some uh, I I will say this. I like the amount of answers they gave because oh, it, yeah. it gave really good room for... I have a really strong headcanon about this, but I can still <laughs> theorycraft about it and I'm curious to know what other people think. I enjoyed the fact that I didn't remember most of it. Yeah. Because you kept going, well, you've seen this before. You know what I was like, I know that that one person is a Cylon. That's <laughs> the only thing I have remembered about this. Yeah. From... I, I I, think it, it... I compare this to other stuff around that era that was coming out that was like, oh, it's a big mystery. Oh, what's the answer? Lost, uh, for example. Lost is the big one I was comparing it to. And this infinitely better, like, gets the balance of, we're going to give you a lot of the answers, but leave a couple of things hanging. Just a little mystery. Yeah. I will say, the the part of the finale where it slows down at the end, um, I can't put my finger on what about it made it feel this way, but there is a definite feel of, um, and then they did this, which was thematically consistent for them, because do you remember that they wanted this thing? Well, they got this thing! Well, if it's a hit, oh, they wanted this thing and they've got it now. It, it very much felt like a, the D&D ending of Battlestar Galactica. Okay, we're going to go through every one of our main characters and everyone will get an epilogue separately. Uh, like, not even... For so many of them, it felt like the show was going, Oh, look, aren't we clever? We said that they wanted this and that we're doing it, see? And there wasn't much, like... There wasn't a lot of... I, I preferred the character endings where we actually got to see, like, ah, this is what you plan to do going forward. Mm-hmm. Not the ones where it's like, here is their end state, and that's why the end, st- end state's interesting. It felt like the show really wanted to hold your hand and go, did you notice? Did you notice that... that did, did you understand yeah, this Yeah, but bit? sometimes it wasn't even a case of did you notice. It was a case of, oh, five minutes before you see the thing that, that happens to them, here is a, a flashback of sometime in the past... See how they now have the thing they wanted. That was stuff that had never been seen before in the series. Yeah, yeah, it's... Which is it... why I specifically say the sort of D&D ending, because it's yeah. like, so how do you want your characters... How do you want your character to get old or whatever, now that you've yeah. hit level 20 it, and the game's over? It, it's a little bit... Which... They were trying a little bit too hard to make sure that everything had a very pristine bow wrapped around it. And still leave just a... That's, that's the thing. That's the bits I liked was the 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 little bits of mystery we had left, and the you know there were some sweet scenes. There were some good scenes. I liked the ones that didn't feel like they were trying to hammer home too much. Did you notice what we did? Yeah, but there but, was also like the, uh, the I mean, there's been the whole thing that they have been the colonial fleet the whole way through the um. Mm. through the series and they were a group of mostly white people landing on earth in africa and and then being declared as mitochondrial eve yeah 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 Mm. yeah there there are some implications about about that that brings up Mm. um yeah the whole idea that they um mm, 
there are some implications about about um hmm. I don't know whether whether some of the people involved in that ending could consent to the implication of how humanity began. Hmm. Um <sighs> it's 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 an odd ending in places. Oh yeah. Yes yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean I don't dislike it as an ending. Yeah, and I, I think like there's something we talked about at the time as well. Like I think the CG it's not perfect. It's good enough it's not... that it was never distracting. Yeah, like it's good enough. There's a few times I think there was one scene during um was it Razor Flashbacks mm. where there's like a face just sloppily just sliding all over the this mask yeah, they've got on somebody, and it's just like, yeah, clearly they're not in that scene. Yeah, there's a few scenes where you'll see Cylons. If you ever see their feet, they're generally not touching the ground very well. Yeah. Also, one big part of the finale is, and we 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 told everyone in the human fleet that this is what we're going to do, uh, and this is what the ending will be, and none of them had any opposition to it, and it all went very smoothly, and that. Considering it, everything else that's happened in this yeah, show. There was absolutely zero legwork done during Battlestar Galactica to justify the idea that all of humanity would agree to the pretty drastic uh, solution that is offered at the end. Like, I think compared to what they had before, it was probably a lot better. It was, but like... And the fact that the, their only defender I, was falling to... Pieces. I, I feel like there needed to be like a two minute conversation where like you you know the the big galactic p- politics room the that quorum. we yeah that everyone we, died okay yeah but s- some equivalent of like ah oh, here is all of you there here's a bunch of people stood outside and like stood in the hangar bay of the ship or something and at the very least the higher ups going this is what we think we should do and there's some oh, no, we're not so sure about that and then look these are your alternatives and they go oh actually okay fine. Like, it felt like there needed to be some... How did you get everyone to agree to this? Because yeah. you glossed over that real big point. Yeah. <sighs> I like Battlestar Galactica I a lot. Battlestar Galactica. I have quibbles I don't, about it. I don't want to go on and watch Caprica at any point. <laughs> no. Like, I've I've heard that. It's what if Battlestar Galactica, but without the Cylons and set in the 1920s. Fantasy the 1920s? I have no interest in that. No, not really. No. I hear the cars are quite cool, but apart from that, I'm, not interested. I'm glad I watched Battlestar and its ending could have been far worse. It, mm-hmm. It's not a lost ending. It's, no, no. Yeah, it, it's a decent enough ending to a very good show. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, writing a decent ending can be very hard. Yeah. She says, realising that she's got a very big ending coming up that she's going to have to write. Uh, yeah. Enjoy polyamory. Speaking of things to listen to in polyamory, um, we did a one shot. We did. With that Austin Yorsky. Yeah. And, and our usual polyamory crew. We did the little hour of unicorn silliness. We did the, the tale of the very first unicorn dance party about how four unicorns were charged by the spirit of winter to go and kick winter in the balls. Yay! And you did it. We did it. <laughs> In a tank. It was very silly and enjoyable. <laughs> it was very silly. Very enjoyable. Uh, go check that out. It's on, on my SoundCloud and my YouTube. Yeah. Hi. Uh, did you watch anything else this week? I watched anything else this We week. watched a thing over dinner together. Uh, y- 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 yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah, so Sweet Home is a new series that's just started airing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is a Korean series that has been overdubbed in English. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe Sweet Home? Um, it's... 
a grimy, dirty, B-movie-esque... So you can't tell if it's supposed to be serious or slightly B-movie. Oh, I, there fe- are, I feel like acting it's acting choices where I'm just like, nah! Uh, like the, ma- the the very silly man who had oh! to go press the shutter. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's meant to be silly. But like, here's the thing. When it's being creepy, it's very effectively creepy. Yeah, like, the again, it's another case of the CG isn't fantastical. Yeah. But, like, they've done a really good job and it's it's manages to remain creepy and... Yeah. Here's how I will describe the premise based on having seen episode one. Um, imagine a really grimy tower block with some weird, unsettling, potentially supernatural shit going on. Um, it's like it's unclear if is that person just a bit weird or is there something mysterious happening? Or is that person like having yeah. some some mental health problems of their own and seeing shit? Um, but yeah. Uh, then the world ends and everyone's trapped inside inside this grimy tower block with some concerning people to be trapped with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a weird d- disease maybe going through the tower block where your nose bleeds and then you become a monster, maybe? Maybe. Um, don't fully understand. Yeah, there's a lot that we don't know yet. But yeah. um, th- they do a good job with the unsettling movements of their monsters. Yes. Um... They, Creature design is also really Yeah, there's a lot of, like, um, movements that stutter and skip frames, which is always yeah. unsettling, but there's also, like... Jacob's ladder shit, isn't it? Yeah, but I think there's also, like, we did we made this slow and then sped it up to regular speed so that it just doesn't look right. Just uncanny. Yeah. Vague um, twitches. It, it's got some good stuff with... Uh, it does the thing that... It's, it's a horror trope, and it's been done before, but they did it really well here. The person banging on the door for help that you know is going to be like don't let them in they are the creature do but like the acting performance was really good on that oh yeah they did a very convincing please fucking let me in i'm yeah. terrified yeah. um yeah it is unsettling and tense and then at times hilarious yes um there's a whole like action set piece to music toward the end of the first episode yep. that was like not only funny, but just like very well choreographed and yeah. very tense. Still, it had like a good um, build of drama. Yeah, it, it was good, sort of like making do with what you've got drama. Yeah, and just the fact that it had been that whole sort of ten minutes of we need to get out of the building, we need to get out of the building, back in the building, everyone back in the fucking building. Ah! Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, like they're <laughs> trying to get out of the building because there'd been a monster in there. They opened the big shutters, and it's like. Oh, there's a monster outside. Fucking shut it out. Shut it, out. <laughs> um, it is. It was really fun. Yeah. I I can't quite put a pin on what kind of tone it 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 has or where it's going. I can't nail it down from episode one, but like I had a good time. I think we should recommend that to Jim because I reckon they'd really like oh, it. Oh, Jim would be into it. <laughs> I. It, the mark of a good first episode of something, I couldn't look away. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, I should really be writing some skits. What the, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it was not a thing you could multitask <laughs> and look away from the screen on. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Have you watched anything else this week? Oh, we caught up with Discovery. Ooh. Discovery. Discovery continues to be good. Um, yep, continuing to make everyone cry. Well done. I um, we we had a two episode diversion to a different mm. plot for a bit, and yeah. all that made me think about was that 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 recent two episode arc in the most recent series where they go off and do something completely different for a minute. 
I'd take a whole series of that. Yeah. Give me a whole series of that. I want that spin-off. Yeah, I want that I want that spin-off for a whole season. Mm-hmm. I want I want to see I want to see grimy Star Trek. Also, it was quite fun to have that whole um as soon as we heard a certain sound clip in that, we both <laughs> like, I bet that's classic. I bet that's classic Trek. Yeah. We can Google this on the they, Trek wiki. They, they mentioned a thing and it's like, the way you said it sounds like I should know what it is. And the sound clip you used sounds like you've just... You've you've used Lift this. That this is a famous from thing from the original series, yeah. isn't it? This is a TOS thing. <laughs> and we were correct. It was a TOS was. thing. They, d- they were not subtle about, Ew. it's from TOS. <laughs> <laughs> yup, yup, it had the, the big gold star of classic Trek. So <laughs> cool, okay. Yeah. Um Apart that that and Enterprise are the two I don't know very well, so I I don't know it very well because um few of the people involved are real shitbags and some yes, of the are. series has not aged well. No, it has not. No. Yeah, well, up to date on Discovery, and yeah. we're, we're still both really enjoying very the series. It's a very good, visually interesting series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's everything I've watched this week. Uh, I believe that is everything I've watched. Well, then. Time for this. Time for this. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh,. It's it's that time of year. Unicorn dance party, yeah. Yes, the the festive season has arrived, yeah. and uh, you know, primary gifting period. Exactly, exactly, and you know, it's a perfect time to be selling products, getting money, making income. I I had a thought though I wanted to yeah. run past yeah. you, and I, I, it's gonna sound a little far fetched when I start, but just please, please go with me on this. Right. What if we did a genuine no? No, no strings attached. Nice thing for the players. Like we gave them a piece of DLC, maybe a little cosmetic outfit, for free. There's no uh, brand deal associated with it. There's no, uh, you know, no uh, secret uh, signing you up for a free trial of something. We just give them a piece of DLC that is, you know, festive in nature as a festive gift. Right. That is a piece of thing that we are having to make that we do not directly get money from. I know, I right. know, I know, I know. Right. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're not, you're not, you know, this is about where I was expecting you to be, you know, throttling me. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're sticking with me. I'm, and I'm, I'm willing to hear you out. I'm willing to hear you out. So, on the surface. Yeah. We have done a nice thing, not expecting anything in return. Right. Actually, what we've done is buy ourselves some goodwill and made ourselves look like we have done a genuinely nice thing with no ulterior motive when the ulterior motive was to make us seem like nice people so that you know people forget the bullshit we did last year and kind of give us a bit of grace into next year oh thank god thank god i really thought you were gonna say something along the lines of visited by three ghosts who showed me the error of my oh, way no i got visited by the three yeah, ghosts yeah because we, told... we have a whole department for getting rid of those ghosts yeah no no I, I didn't need the department. They come, I just, to the, they come to the executives every goddamn yeah. year. I, I turned around to them and just told them to go fuck themselves. I don't yeah. I don't care if you show me my own gravestone. Yeah. I'm going to die rich. I mean, all. that is a nice gravestone. I, I know, I watched right? you pick that out. Exactly. I can afford a good gravestone yeah. and people will remember my name because I'm rich. So it's right. fine. Right. And my wealth will pass down to my children and they will be rich too. Oh, you're passing it down to your children. I'm I being mean, buried with it like some kind of pharaoh. Well, fuck see, them. <laughs> I mean, I get you. I appreciate the sentiment, but also, 
I love the idea of intergenerational wealth and keeping it away from the poor people. Yeah, I was going to keep it away from everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, they bury you with it, they reprint it. Like, that's money that's gone out of circulation. If you give it to your kids, they can well, hoard it too. I'm telling them I'm married with it. No one will know. You are a fucking genius. I know. Well, Eric, our new sponsor! Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like fasted food? I, I do like fasted food. Do you like, uh, the, the, like, just, uh, like, walking past a KFC? Just that smell of original oh, herbs and spices? Yeah, yeah. Or the, the smell of, like, uh, you know, uh, McDonald's that you're not actually inside... Oh, uh, you're not, not, not that one. Worked at McDonald's for too long. Okay, uh, fish and chips, fish and chips, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going past a nice Indian, getting a nice uh, smell from the, the Indian restaurant as you go curry. past. Yeah, curry. yeah, I do like a good um, mm. takeaway smell as I go past. Mm. Umami. Exactly. Umami. Are, we, are we sponsored by just the the by the, these restaurants? What, are we, what what who's our sponsor today? Well, this week's sponsor is fast food scented Yule logs. Dot lol dot net. Oh. Yep. Oh, what if you had a Yule log that smelled of like just fish and chips or curry or burgers or chickens or chicken burgers? I, 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 I guess, I guess. Your whole house can smell of it. See, you were a second ago, we were talking about the whole working in a McDonald's and the smell thing. Yeah, but I, what if it was KFC? I know. You can get one that smells of a double cheeseburger and fries if you want. But... I mean... I mean, the smell of KFC is great, but I'm worried that I might run into exactly the situation you've described of, oh no, now all of my clothes and my sofa smell of KFC, and I can't get the KFC Aww. smell off. Yeah. Oh, you reckon that would that that'd be better than McDonald's? Do you I, I wasn't traumatized by working there for three years. Uh, it was the work and not the smell that caused the trauma. I it was see. Both the work. I think it, it was the two combined. Okay. And now okay. the smell is like a Pavlovian response. Well, in that case, uh, I, sure, a a fried chicken scented uh, sofa that we now live with. Mm. That's but that's... also the Yule log. Remember what we're selling here? Yeah, it's a Yule log. It's yeah. we're gonna light the Yule log, and you know it'll crackle in the what? fire. And don't, now, no, don't don't set fire to it. No, chocolatey goodness. Um, nom, 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 nom. Oh, oh, mini, mini, mini rolls. Yeah, like a chocolate log. Oh, it's a Yule log. Oh, I thought a Yule log was the log you put on the fire in the festive time. I, th I think so, but now they just make the log out of little chocolate roulade thing. Oh, and then they'd, like they they cover it in like fudge sauce and dust it, but oh. now it also smells of fried chicken. Oh, I completely misunderstood what we were being sponsored by. Mm. We're being sponsored by dessert. Um, D num, 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 num. dessert that wait, th those little chocolate rolls, but it tastes like KFC. Like a bigger one of those, a, and and a, they've cut like one end off it a little bit, and then put that at a jaunty angle so it looks like it used to have a. So, so I I take a bite out of this big big um, num, Swiss num, num. roll and. Oh no! It it tastes of fish and chips. No, it tastes of chocolate, but it smells of fish and chips. Oh, that is very specific. It's I very see. specific. Yeah, it's a, it's a long copy I, here. Yeah. Okay. Um. Does it say in the ad copy? Will my fish and chips scented um chocolate uh chocolate dessert? Will it smell like it's got vinegar on it? I think like, they how, do how do one they... with they do do one with salt and vinegar. Also, oh, they they got like like ah right, here's the salt version, here's the vinegar version, here's the nothing on it. Well, there's even a kebab one that comes with a, like, a little in brackets thing that says, you want chili sauce? I... Yeah! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Where do we get these terrifying products? Oh, well, as I said earlier, it's fastfoodscentedyulelogs.lol.net and enter the code QNPS148 
Oh, we're very close to a very specific number. Apparently so. Apparently so. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah do, you want, do you want to do that? Yeah. Get, get, get 10% off your first funky smelling chocolate log. My, my I imagine s- that's got to do weird things to your taste buds, because obviously a lot of yeah. taste is with my, smell. My senses are very confused. They are. Obviously, it's also probably at this point a good test for Corona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, delicious chocolate log. Om nom 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 nom. Oh, no, wait. Nothing suspicious about this. Oops. Did you not notice that it smelled faintly vinegary? Hmm. <laughs> to the doctors with you. Uh, for a nasal swab. So. Huh. What have you put in your ear meats? Uh, I've started listening to some podcasts that you've been recommending for a while, <laughs> and I got around to them finally, so... I listened to the first, like, seven, I think, episodes of Stella Firma. How are you finding it? It's really fun and good, silly, goofy times. Who's your um, favourite character? Uh, too early to say. Okay. Um, Trexel Geistman is <laughs> a very, very amusing character. Mm, very, he's a lot. He's a lot. He is... <laughs> He is. He is. It, it's, it's clearly a bit of a uh, what? What's it? You have the fu- the funny man and the the the, the comic foil. Yes. Um, it's clearly one of they those are situations. The odd couple, yeah. They are the odd couple. He is clearly the one who has the most room to work, but he's got to bounce. He's got to have someone to bounce it off. Otherwise, yes. it doesn't work. Um, he is the one who has no consequences. He is an overprivileged, yeah. uh, posh boy. And there's David Seven, who at any minute might be recycled. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for anyone who's we've mentioned this show before, but yes. it is it is a twenty minute episode podcast about uh, a couple of people who have to design planets, yep. and they've got a deadline to do so on, and one of them could be recycled and replaced with a clone if they do badly. Another clone, because they are Another David clone. Seven. Yes, they You're are. Implying that seven. there have been six before. <laughs> Indeed. Um. There is clearly a bit of ongoing narrative at the start and end of the episodes, but largely it is just here is a silly improv exercise happening in the middle, and I I can binge that. That's the kind of thing I have the brain space for because look, if I'm multitasking and playing something while I listen to it and I mentally tune out for a second, I tune back in and I'm like, oh, oh, you're you're putting that that water trough planet near the sun to boil the the, the babies. Sure, sure, I'll go with it. It's I don't need to know. Yeah, I don't need to know how you got here. I can keep, just keep rolling with it. Yeah. Uh, the, which trough is moon. the trough moon. The trough moon. <laughs> um. It is exactly the right level of silly, um, not too high consequences during the bulk of the episode thing that, like, it's very bingeable. Yeah, I mean, certainly in the first series, it's a case of we got prompts from the audience about what sort of things they would like, and then we riffed on it, and we put Imogen lines in later on. Yeah. And every fourth episode... Hartro turns up to judge them on what they've done so far and yes. bullies Drexel. Yes. And so far I'm very much enjoying that. I, I'm glad I gave it a go mm-hmm. and I will probably be binging that during the UDP break. I am excited. If you don't have any objection. Not at all. I, I'm happy to listen to this for the third time. <laughs> because I, and I think it might be quite, quite fun to share with somebody who's just like going, <gasps> the narrative arcs, what the fuck? What yeah. happened at the end of series I, one? I, I'm, I suspect there might be a day of just 
binge binge Stella Firma and play Mass Effect for a day. <laughs> if you have no objections. No, no whatsoever. I, I will probably just play a different game. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, shall, shall I keep going about keep going, what I listen to while I'm going. here? I have listened to a singular episode of the SCP Archives, which is Ooh, another show you've been recommending to me. Um, the Tower. Oh, yes, that was what yes. I was talking about the other week. That one you were talking about the other week, and I was like, that one sounds cool. And I listened to that one, and I was like, that was some very well done, um, supernaturally audio spooky audio drama. Yeah. Um, unlike Stella Firma, I don't think I could binge this so much. Um, no, it is one that I find myself going like, okay, I've got some, some evening time. It's also one I'll put on just when I'm in bed, like set yes. my timer for 10 minutes and just listen to some of an episode. See, that's the thing. It is very much a, I want to be lying in the dark listening to this, or I want to, it, it feels out like... I can do yeah. it out for a walk during the day, because unlike um, like Magnus, which feels very much like it has to be spooky, like SCP feels more like, oh, this can be daytime horror. Yeah. <laughs> this can be just your average day-to-day horror. It's... It, it was very well done. I don't know that I've got it in me to, like, listen to it back to back to back to back a bunch. I don't tend to. Like, I t- like unless it's a really short episode, yeah. I will tend to, like, listen to one, maybe one and a half, I... and then just walk away. <sighs> I very much think it's the kind of thing that I will follow your recommendations. Like, if you listen to one and go, this one's really good, and tell me, oh, there's a really good SCP archives, I will go find that one, download it. And get round to it when I do. Um, I quite enjoyed one uh, today, or a, it's taken me like three sittings to get through. Uh, it is. Oh god, there's hiatus stuff. Uh, SCP one eight six seven, a gentleman. Okay. It's about a, uh, a. Well, it's it's some guy who's like one of those ancient. Ah oh, yes, British oh, explorer. Oh, I did all the British exploring. Oh, with my elephant gun. Oh. Um, but he's a sea slug. Oh, yep. He got turned into a sea slug at some point. He doesn't seem to know he's a sea slug, and l- and scoffs at the idea that he is. Um, but the story is about him and some other people hunting a tarasque. Uh huh. You know from D and D. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a sea slug. Um, this was when he was a human. Oh, okay. Um, so it's it's. <laughs> I was just... trying to picture a sea slug fighting a tarasque. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amusing idea, and just like the I. I hadn't thought about the concept of what if a Tarasque was IRL? Yeah, yeah. In France, just destroying shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got like these these three sort of great great white hunters. Um, but just like the idea of like, yes, yeah, so Pip Pip chocks away. Oh, I've got this weird energy gun. <laughs> uh, and somebody else has got some kind of prism gun thing. And sometimes we're summoning other SCPs to to fight this thing <laughs> because it's too powerful like at one point they cut its head like all they've got is the skull yeah. and they wake up the next morning and it started to grow skin over itself again and it bites somebody in half <laughs> it's like okay yeah you're gonna need to really do a bit more to kill that damn thing you say this one's called the gentleman uh, a gentleman a gentleman scp1867 well, uh, that is one I'm going to find and put on the list, I think. Uh, there's another one uh, just before that called Loose Skinks Sink Ships um, about blue-tongued lizards. Um, and they're all very jolly and happy and they sing little shanties. Um, but they're, they're, there's also this sort of weird history about them, like how, how they got to be in the SCP vaults. Yeah. 
Um, I listened to a song. I think that's the only other new thing I've listened to this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to a track called Witches by a band called Good Kid. Uh, very very fast paced pop rock. Um, the singer has a, an energy that kept reminding me of the lead singer of uh, Panic at the Disco. Um, that sort of energy. Um, very positive, upbeat tone. Very very fast uh, lyrics. It's one of those that I had to read along with the lyrics as I was going because it was just going too fast for me to process anything that was happening. Nineteen to the dozen. Indeed. Um. Uh, lyrically about trying to get away from a bad place and survive and just get out together and surviving. Mm. Uh, Sound-wise, in places it had some little touches of like British indie rock from the mid-2000s. It was a good track. Very upbeat. It got me feeling energetic. Mm. What about you? What have you listened to this week? I listened to those um, two outstanding episodes of Margaret's Garden. Yes, this is that other horror-y podcast. By the same people. By the same people. uh, If you guess Obadiah. Yeah. uh, He does uh, the SCP archives. Um, Yeah, that... That's a really interesting series. Like, the first episode was obviously very establishy, but starting... Like... It feels like even the narrators sort of settled into the series. Yeah. Like there's bits and it was like where the narrator's like, yeah, but let's not leave you there. That's too too depressing a way to end an episode. So let's go over here and talk about this. And um, there was a whole thing about bump cake at the beginning of one of the episodes, suggesting that it's just like it's it's the worst cake because it's like the harbinger of bad news. It's like a, okay, and then there's like all this in-universe stuff about. Yup, I bought you a bunt cake. Oh, okay, so it's bad news. What terrible thing has, has happened and why am I involved? Um, and just, like, the, the multiple stories. Uh, the agents from the first episode who turned up in town to investigate what was going on and met a weird Russian cosmonaut who might also be some kind of alien. And now it seems that Horrible white people from a gated community in the 1950s have found their way into another universe and are forcing all of the creatures that live there to live in chronological linear time, which they're very upset about. And also that they're being, like, basically kept on reserves in their own dimension. There's a lot going on in this series, and I am fascinated to see where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that is Margaret's Garden, and I think that is everything you listen to. We listen to some Legend of Zelda music, because it's always good to listen to some Legend yeah, of Zelda music. Yeah, it's always good background music. Yeah. Well then. Time for this. This is a public information announcement brought to you on behalf of Public Information. Making an announcement. If you find yourself alone during the time of Unicorn Dance Party, either because of the pandemic or for any other reason, we suggest keeping occupied. Find something to do. A day project, perhaps. Alternatively, consider finding a community gathering online to be a part together. Find what works for you to pass the time and to feel connected. Indeed. Some people are very good at being alone, but not everyone is quite so well equipped. Especially not in a year when it has been very lonesome already. You are likely not alone. Many people are not able to travel and see who they would usually see. 
find communities with those you know who may require someone to spend the time with. Indeed. And if, if not someone you know, I believe XR are doing a whole yeah. thing where they're having a gathering for people who are alone otherwise. But that's a lovely idea. Lovely. Perhaps you can even discuss environmental protections at the same time. This has been a public information broadcast. And now on the Bigoted Broadcasting Corporation, we have the Queen's Speech. Hello. It's been a fucking awful year, quite frankly. And I think I've come to realise that my life and my reign are nearly over. And so with that, I've decided I'm going to throw all of you fuckers under the bus. Right, first of all, I'm going to tell you everything that's going on with the Tories. They're all in it, they're all in it together. Eaton is just a cesspool, I tell you. And I think you should just get your guillotines and get them all on. I've got nothing to live for. Take it, take it all. Take the crown. Get this, get this stupid bloody robe off me, and take the take melt this melt this stupid bloody throne down. You could feed hundreds of people with this. It's absolute shambles. This is not how you've done anything. I don't care anymore. Fuck you all, Charles. I'm never getting it. End the monarchy. End the monarchy. We are experiencing technical difficulties, and we may come back to that later. <laughs> Questions, Sam. Let's have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Drob asks, hi Drob. Hi Drob. Uh, do you have any plans for this year's Unicorn Dance Party? Ah, uh, probably the same as past Unicorn Dance Parties, I imagine. Dress lastly. as Unicorn, dance. Eat many food, dance late into the night. Enjoy recreational cheeses. Yep. Have a very chill morning, probably. Very chill. Very chill morning, very food-heavy afternoon, very oh. dance-heavy evening. Yeah. It's usually the way these that we do these things. And then roughly repeat that a week later. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Pretty much. That, 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 those are largely our plans. Uh, <laughs> uh, Becky to her. Hi, Becky. I love you. Hi, Becky. I love you. Also, not working. Not working as a plan. Not working, yes. Lying down, playing board games. Um, I'm, I'm sure Laura will probably want to do some engagement with, with a, a certain gift or two. <gasps> Who can say? I'm sure we will find Who out. Who can say what it might be? Mm. Um, Becky asks, uh, Laura, would you rather have a pet duck or be a pet duck? Oh, oh, mm, ah, mm. If I choose to be the pet duck, mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with the realities of owning a pet duck in a house. That is true. Yeah, because, like, they're... Like, as much as I'm like, oh, duckies, if you have a house duck, they're going to shit everywhere. Uh, they are not designed to be a house animal. No. If I am the duck, that's someone else's problem. That's not my problem. I'm just, I'd like to I'm... that if you were the duck, that you'd be toilet chained. I, I mean, I don't know how much of my own sentience will still be there, or am I just, I'm duck now. No, I have no, pro I have no, no, no think, only duck. No think, only duck. Which I mean, seems seems like a pretty chill life. Yeah. You do flying. Yeah. Take you down the pond. Yeah. Flap me little wings. Flap me little wings. Do yeah. a little splish splash. Exactly. But it would make it harder to like have a career. Although Why would you want one if you were a duck. <laughs> I can do flying and go down the pond. <laughs> I can eat all the bread I want. I can eat all the bread I want. That is pretty good. I am now thinking of the middle ground of this in which I am a, I'm a little duckling, but I'm also a, a Twitch streamer. 
it's, it's this little webcam of me like hitting the keys. That's why you wanted the adaptive controller. Yes, so that I can still game when I'm a tiny duckling. There we go. That is my new career: is duckling-based streamer. I mean, the numbers for that would be astronomical. Oh, exactly. I I'm happy for you to take the income off that. You you're probably never gonna have to work another day. Well, I mean, I'll still be your 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 assistant. AA might be more difficult. <laughs> I'll, and I'll have to write the subtitles. <laughs> what she's trying to say is it's very difficult <laughs> to play games when you have wings instead of fingies. Yeah, where are the games designed for ducklings? Where are my games? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that would probably be the thing that, that the accessibility needs to break into the mainstream is being hosted by Tiny Duckling. Oh, yeah. Duckling. I hope that answered the question. <laughs> uh, and, and then she says, uh, same to me, but for Rainbow Lynx. Uh, I would be a Rainbow Lynx, I guess. <gasps> and then you could ride, ride me around. <gasps> You could help me get up to high up things. High up things, yeah. Yeah, you climb up and, the and, up the tail onto your back, and then up uh, to the head, and then jump on the high thing. Yeah. And if if anyone tries to do a bad, I will roar at them. Ah, I will be very and safe. Swipe at them with my murder mittens. Ah, uh, we'll do a protect, and we will also escape capitalism very... finally. Yeah. Also, I'll be very furry and rainbow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bethany Turner asks, uh, "May a lonely, touch-starved fox girl please have a virtual hug?" Hug. Doing the hug. That's your hug. Mm. There you go. Squish. Uh, also, wishing you two happy unicorn dance party. Happy unicorn dance party to you too. A happy and bright and, and colourful UDP to you too. Uh, Larry Yellinginby asks, um, we all know that there's nothing in the world like a little cat dog. Cat dog. Cat dog. Uh, what other animal combinations come close? Hmm... Cat rabbit. See, I was thinking duck rabbit. Duck rabbit. Yeah. Cat cat dog rabbit. Cat dog rabbit. Cat girl. Fox girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wolf boy. <laughs> Wolf envy. Yeah. These are these are good. These are good. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just condoning fairies at this point. I mean, y- yes. yes, yes, we can we condone furries. Here. We do damn right, we do damn well, we do. Uh, Michael asks, um, if you were uh, if you were an amiibo, uh, what would be the pose slash look or extra thing that you would unlock? Hmm, what would I unlock? Rainbows everywhere. <laughs> uh, I would unlock a- for every character. I would unlock a multitasking mode so you can play one game while you're playing another game. And streaming it. Exactly. Work. I unlock the multitasking mode. Yep. yep. You, you play all of your games at once. Work. What, what if working work? What if working working work? Mm-hmm. What if turned work into work? <laughs> ah. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I would just make everything rainbowy and colourful. Yeah. Echo asks, sorry, I was really struggling to read the name with the, 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 the heart in there. <laughs> I don't know why. I I know Echo from from the profile picture. Yeah, definitely Echo. Uh, what's the perfect number of marshmallows in a hot chocolate? Asking the important questions. Oh oh. See the thing, the tempting answer is to say all of them, but 
In reality, that's not going to be that's, that's not going to be good. What you want? I is... did ask if they were mini or regular sized. I did yeah. not get a response. Okay, I I can't give you a number, but I can tell you the amount of the the the, the drink that should be there. Mm-hmm. You want like a layer on top that covers mm-hmm. the the top surface of the hot chocolate. Absolutely. And if you're really feeling adventurous, maybe is like two two marshmallows deep. Okay. Um, because here's the thing: you want. You want to get good submersion on those marshmallows. You don't want to be piling them so high that they're not melting in the in the mm-hmm, hot chocolate, getting mm-hmm, all warm mm-hmm, and soft. Mm-hmm. And you want consuming the marshmallows to take you roughly long enough that the rest of the hot chocolate is a drinkable temperature when you finish. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what you're going for. Is every marshmallow is melty and warm, and when you finish the marshmallows, you can actually drink the hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, much easier with minis. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say with minis, you probably want about an inch to two inches of, of marshmallow coverage. Yeah. In your marshmallow iceberg. Yeah. <laughs> or mallowberg, See, I guess. I'm a big proponent that mini marshmallows are better in hot chocolate because they they they, they melt, melt through to the centre more evenly. Yes. Yeah, a, a large one. The centre's gonna be the lens is gonna it's gonna be cold still. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a good cook on it. You're gonna have to cut them in half with a spoon. Yeah. Um, for large sized marshmallows in a larger sized cup, I would say I mean that's probably what like a pint of fluid, a pint yeah. of hot chocolate. So in that, I would say five to six large sized marshmallows, or yeah. a, an inch and a half to two inches of mini marshmallows. Yeah. That is my scientific answer. <laughs> uh, Becky also asking if whipped cream is in play. Whipped cream is always for playing. <laughs> I'm not a big whipped cream person, but occasionally. <sighs> We're just making sexy faces at each other now. A little bit. <laughs> um, an absolute plush nug asks, Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Not really, because we're doing a podcast. Sorry about that. Yeah, maybe maybe not during a podcast, but there's, you know, that would be a very us-induced you know, interaction. Yeah. There's other listeners. We have to make time for everyone. Yeah. Fishy Fishy asks, uh, do you have a favourite festi- uh, festive film slash show? Ooh, hmm. I don't know. They haven't you... really made any festive films about unicorns yet. No, I can think of. Um, I don't know. Did okay. This is not necessarily a. This is a newer answer to that. Was Hilda out around festive time last year? I believe so. Because season two has come out around festive time this year, and if that wants to just be an ongoing, you know, thing of just every December, here's a Hilda. That feels like a good festive time. Just. Just very pleasant, cartoony watching. Mm-hmm. It's a very wholesome show. Yeah, exactly. Wholesome is, is the energy I'm after in, in the festive time. Um, if if there is one uh, Christmas film that I, w- I will bear, it's um, Muppets Christmas Carol. I quite like Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh, I have weird mixed feelings about it. I, I, I like a lot of the songs in it. I like a lot of the just... Just the good Muppets in it. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Forest music. <laughs> um, and the little rabbits as well. The, it, there's so many cute Muppets in that. And it's one of the less... Like, I, I like it like 100% more than most other Muppet movies. It, it gets the Muppet to human ratio right. And also, like, the silly to subdued and, yes. and like, actually doing it is, the it is a It is a deceptively, like, dour and serious film oh, in places. Yeah. 
Uh, Michael Caine is the the best Ebenezer Scrooge yep. on film. Um, There's something about his hair that really reminds yeah. me of my dad I, in that film. I, I like that they use the silly stuff to be like, here's our... our... They basically use enough of it to stop the film feeling depressing. Yeah. While still, like, not pulling any punches on the, oh, you're going to face your own mortality, your old uh, capitalist lonely git. You're doomed, Scrooge. Doomed yeah. for all time. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good film. It's a good film. It's yeah. a good film. It's got good songs in it, even the one they always cut out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy asks, when you get a new PC, what is the first game you play on it? Oh, oh, it d- it depends when when you're asking. What was the first one you played on your your new machine? Uh, I feel like it was Tomb Raider because I wanted to see what the the fancy effects were look like, yeah. and I think it was the first game I knew that had ray tracing on it. I was like, I've got a graphics card that does that. Let's give that a whirl. And then I loaded it up. Went, that's pretty. Don't want to play this. The first one I played <laughs> on this new PC when it was finished was Microsoft Flight Sim. Ooh. Just to be like, please, please, please frame rate, please frame rate. Oh yeah, yeah. What's that fixed yet? Are we gonna go flying? We gotta go flying. Yeah, we gotta zoom me. Yeah, we gotta zoom me. I'm excited to to do uh, over the the festive break to do some flying. Oh heck. Yeah, I'll probably bring the computer down and do some uh... flying. If that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'm excited to see the sky zoomies. Yay! Yay! Uh, Lucy Nevins asks, if you were a beat-em-up game character, what would your special be? Uh, depends when you ask me this as to what I think <laughs> of. Um, okay, first thing that came to mind is something to do with roller skates and roller derby. I'm trying mm-hmm. to picture like doing a... Just like trucks in the face. Just... Yeah, or maybe I've not even been wearing my roller skating trucks through throughout the level, but suddenly out of out of the mysterious uh, bag of holding, just whip around some roller skates and smack them across the face oh, with it. I really like the idea that they've, they've got to do the dizzy animation where you're like, I just, give me a sec, I'm just getting my boots on. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> give me a sec, um, and pads, you know, got to be yeah. safe. Yeah. Okay, and they're just still just like rocking around, rocking around. It's like, is this my fatality? Is that I get yeah. roller skates? Very slowly skate away and then skate past at high yeah. speed. And then just like, as you're going up, you go like one foot straight to the face. <gasps> okay, I can get on board with that. <laughs> What's your super? Um, I think it's like just poi. Like with really heavy poi. And I start doing a three beat weave. And it's just like, if I walk into you and chin you with this. You're doing a three beat weave with like um like the, the, the heavy metal ball on the end of a shackle. Yeah, couple of those. Yeah, with spikes on it or something. Yeah. Just like a, a couple of flails. Just <laughs> K O. <laughs> uh, Samuel West asks, "Why is my cat attempting to chew my foot? Because foot tasty. Because foot tasty. Tasty foot. Om nom nom. Tasty tasty foot. Om nom nom. Exactly. Yeah. I hope this clears things up. About probably about the same reason as why Smudge will occasionally just come over and be like." Laura, your hand. I must lick it. I must lick your hand. I must lick Cat, your hand. Cats love a foot. Like, yeah. um, when I used to regularly go raving and lived in a place where my housemate would be like, come back to our place for Sunday and recover. And I'd be like, oh, I'm all peopled out. Why? <laughs> and then we'd have people like ending up staying for most of a week because they didn't have anywhere else to go either. Yeah. So we just have a house full of randoms for a week. And like... We'd be back from a rave, so all really stinky, and uh, our cat Tilly would just be like, "Shoes, you're going in my face, right in your sweaty trainers." Just, mm. okay, I know you now. Stroke me. 
I mean, there are a few ways, there are a few more intimate ways to quickly get to know someone than having a real deep whiff of their shoes. Like, Mm. especially after we have no secrets anymore. (laughs) No, we know everything. Smell my toe beans and lick me. (laughs) (laughs) Clean me. (laughs) No, no, Tilly, you mad, mad kitten. She jumps out of the window twice. Oh, gosh. On on the second occasion, went missing for over a month. Fucking hell. Yep. And then just one night, just like, yeah. It's like we were three floors up. Yeah. So just out, the, just out the window, and I was like, yeah, that fucking Tilly. Yep. <laughs> she came back covered in fleas. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you've been spayed, so <laughs> we'll get you washed and, and yeah. take you to the vet to get checked over. <laughs> she was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old, you can't keep doing that, you silly kittens. <laughs> that is all the questions. That's all the questions. And cat reminiscing time. Well then, time for this. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brucial Justice Warriors. Brucial Justice Warriors. Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? Uh, not, not my best, mate. Not my best, I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a shame, that's a shame. I'm sorry yeah, to hear, sorry yeah. to hear. Yeah, you, you've been all right, though? Oh, I've been all right, I've been all right. Yeah, I've been a bit bit grumbly watching the happenings in the world. Yeah, but, you know, yeah that's me. certainly not helped things. Yeah, we had, uh, had uh, everything going to tier four lockdown around here recently. Yeah, we've got a whole new lockdown type. Yeah, the, uh, the you know, an actual lockdown. Don't go outside, don't mix with people. You know, the actual lockdown. I mean, I went shopping the other day and it, I, I honestly couldn't tell the difference. If Fine. anything, it was more busy. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Is it's oh. So the government completely bungled how they announced this. They did their I mean, whole... They've uh, been bungling everything about this yeah, entire pandemic. They, they announced, you know, oh, everyone can see everyone for Christmas. Uh, uh, no more lockdown. Uh, Which was kind of a piss take after what they did to Eid. Exactly, exactly. You know, they, did, they, they didn't do this for any other holiday. But, no. uh, and then suddenly, with, with just a couple of hours notice, they go, oh, no, we're going into full lockdown and... Uh, you can't travel. You can't do any of your travel plans. You can't see any of your family. They, didn't, they said well, you can't. You can't travel. You can't do anything in four hours. Go, yes. go, go. Yes, because all that, all that did is it caused a bit of. It caused people to start panic shopping. It caused people to flee the tier four areas before they turned into tier four areas. Which, yeah. like, you know, I think pop. Part of this is on the government for sure because they completely bungled that announcement. Stop announcing in a f- in a few days or weeks or hours we're going to do this thing. Yeah, it's that, a- that has been like a just ridiculousness throughout all of this. Indeed, indeed. But also, like, there's a certain amount of personal responsibility stuff going on where it was really frustrating watching the sheer number of people going. Oh, you're telling me that where I live is, you know, is a danger for spreading COVID and I should probably stay here. Well, it's not technically enforced for four hours, so I'm going to go flee across the country. Yeah, you know, he's just going to just pop down and see my third or fourth social bubble that I have. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, you know, you know, I, 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 I respect that for there are probably some cases where people were going to otherwise be spending the time alone and it would probably have been bad for them and that you know there are probably some cases where a person does need to go look my plans are predicated on me being with people i don't have food exactly i have no money to buy any now exactly and my plan had been to go see these people i will do it now rather than you know but that is clearly not the case for 
all of the thousands of people who fled London in that four hours before. They're just like, well, I, I want to see my family, so I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get out now before before I I'm not allowed to leave. Yeah, seeing some of the tweets from that train were just like, the, there oh, was the... almost a sense that everyone on the train realised that they had done a very silly thing and that this might be the oh, thing that kills was, them and all of their. Family. I was reading tweet threads that were very much like, oh, I've probably done a very silly thing, but you uh, know, uh, but that's the thing. Like, yeah, look, I. <laughs> It is frustrating to see what is clear. You know, the government bungled how they announced it, but very, yes, but very clearly the intention was: look, these areas of the country right now are really high risk, particularly high risk areas. We do not want you leaving because you will spread disease and that will kill people. And people's response to that was: well, be better take the disease with me now before it becomes forbidden. Off I go. Well, it doesn't. The disease doesn't come into effect until four that's, hours. That's now. the thing. It feels like people's response has been: the disease doesn't uh, doesn't won't won't come with me if I leave in the next four hours. Yeah, and then you look around the world and look at you know places like New Zealand where they're like, we're fully opening up again. Exactly. Like, it's frustrating the number of people that didn't take that opportunity to go. I could leave now, but I should probably not. I you know this is only going to last for two weeks. Two weeks from now, on you know, start of January, I'll come. To, I'll come and see you then, you know, and not in a big rush, and just stay put for just a minute. It's not gonna end the world for you to not see that person on that one day that is arbitrarily decided to be the one. Have, have a catch up, you know, a catch up Christmas, you know, down the line or something, or just you know, put someone on Skype all day. Exactly. You know, if you've if you've got family, you there there are ways of staying connected. You know, it's not like, you know, if if you had plans to go and see family anyway, there are ways you can stay connected yeah. with them. Exactly. It's, it's, Open your stockings together over Zoom or something. Exactly. You know, it's it's not like situations where I've I've spent you know uh, Christmases alone. alone. Yeah. You know, just because I didn't have anyone to be with and I didn't have any family to do it with, you know, and that is a very different situation. You know, to yeah. oh, I had plans, they've been cancelled. Oh well, I guess I'm on beans on toast for the day and you know mum's gonna have a lot of leftover turkey sorry about that but you know we'll we'll skype yeah. if if not all day you know maybe like a couple of hours in the yeah. morning a couple we of hours later on and then just get pissed and watch festive doctor Who exactly or i assume these are still things that happen. yeah we, we live in a world where the internet can probably support you doing that and you probably have a decent enough camera to do it yeah most of yeah like it's it's not going to be the end of the world to not be there in person no. but yeah the sheer number of people who were like i'm gonna sardine myself in, into the into this train uh get all that recirculated air for a few hours and yeah. then go see my family you know, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take the really nasty disease and just really spread it around. Yeah, gosh, I yeah. feel I feel like those pat trains are going to be. Oh, those the, are hundred percent oh, super spreader. Events. Yes, those are going to be the uh, the track and trace. Like, oh, that's that's where everyone got it from from it that was. train. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the yes, they are to to blame for for the immediate selfishness, but. I, it is still 100% the government's fault oh, from God, start yeah. to finish for their handling oh. throughout the pandemic. 100% what the government did was tell you Christmas was on and you could see your family so that you would spend all the money on all the Christmas things. And once you'd spent all the money, 
Oops, sorry, can't see him. Oh, yep. Now no. you've supported the economy like we yeah. keep telling you you have to. I imagine they probably knew this was going to had to be the case, but let people believe so that they would shop. Economy. Exactly. And once the economy was satiated, then you go, okay, here's the thing we probably should have told you two weeks ago. Yeah, you know, especially in a country that is about to drop out of the European Union and, yeah. and find ourselves absolutely fucked while Kent is turned into a car park. Ugh. Whoa. I saw well, a great tweet the other day. Yeah. Uh, 2020, what fresh hell is this? 2021, <laughs> what tinned hell is this? <laughs> uh, uh, at least I've got the lights up in the living room. I can have yeah, a wiggle. Yeah, you know? We're all going to celebrate your unicorn dance party in my usual manner. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, put your luck, mate. That's your luck. Oh, here's to a real one next year. Uh, it's not far off. It's not I, far saw, off I saw a friend who got vaccinated the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's coming. The injection is coming, and everybody's coming to get the injection. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, I think we're going to have a nice sit down and a cup of tea, mate. Yeah, same, same. So, Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Patreon.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz. As little as a dollar, a euro, or a pound a month really helps. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays you can find me Twitch streaming at twitch.tv slash Laura K Buzz at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. I'm going to be taking like a week off of streaming between uh, UDP and New Year's uh, but then I will be back streaming more Yakuza, getting through Yakuza Like a Dragon every Friday other than this this Friday that's just been because holidays Holidays. Uh, I, every Friday I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a show all about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Uh, we've got a cool one coming up on New Year's Day that is about that one time Nintendo made an accessibility controller for disabled players and then never did it again. Um, it, I, I'm, uh, it's an interesting video, that one, it I is. think. It's a fascinating bit of kit, that. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's about being an autistic trans woman, and it's out now. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt is a book about video game character butt reviews with a bunch of pictures and a bunch of guests and developers and stuff in it. Um, that one, if you backed it on Unbound, you should have a digital copy of it, because everyone gets a digital copy no matter what level you backed at. You should have those links now. Audiobook people, you should have your links for the audiobook. Physical books and physical rewards have all been shipped. Some of you might not have them yet, but we're trying our... Like, we shipped them a few weeks ago. It just depends what country you're in and what your your festive delivery dates are like. But uh, they're on their way. That comes out on February 4th, 2021. Uh, There's also Gender Euphoria, which is all about just non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. That's coming out June 10th, 2021. Also, podcasts... Pixel Square. It's it's about video game character pornography. Um, we are recording episodes still while we work out how we're going to put them up. So that show, we haven't stopped making that show, even if we don't know how we're going to get it to you yet. But uh, keep your, your your eyes and ears open for that. Uh, Podquisition. We tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Um, Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. And soon season eight. Plus, I'm on another podcast with you, Jane, that isn't this one. 
Polyamory. Yeah. It's a 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Usually, except there's a UDP special that's just gone up last week, so you should listen to that. Uh, but usually it is about a bunch of bumbling fools going around the Underdark trying to find out what is what is going on and getting more and more OP as the, the, the days wear on. And we wind towards the final ending of the series. Oh my god, it's nearly over. Ah! Um, I've distracted myself now. Uh, I stream on Thursday nights at 7.30 UK time. Come over and say hi. That's twitch.tv slash Janiac. I make t-shirts that's available on my Redbubble. I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. Uh, I also have a SoundCloud that uh, Quirin Pleasant Strangers and Polyamory goes up on. I have lots of things. The easiest way to find them is streamerlinks.com slash Janiac. But the most important link of all is I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 69 nice hour work week. Uh, I really need the help right now because I've, I've, I've just lost one of my longest term backers. And also I am, uh, my, my other work situation has changed recently, so mm, please help. Um... Yeah, so there's that. For a little, little, little $10 a month, you can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers. That usually goes up on a Wednesday, unless we've talked about something that is locked behind uh, an NDA. But I think that's everything. So, Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm. Boots and cats and boots and cats. Boots and cats. Rings and shapes in the house of dance. What, what? Come, selector. Oh, you fired a come selector. Yes. Yes, I've got a come sommelier. I don't think we can get away with calling this episode come sommelier. Come sommelier. Mm, fragrant. I, I kind of want Somalia to be one of the words UDP now. come Somalia. <laughs>